No helicopters have been procured for me to go to golf course. Thank you. I've never said he wasn't a great politician. I'm just saying he's a <laughs> How'd you play out there today? Uh, well, I found the conditions challenging. Mostly because there's no grass on the golf course. But there never has been. I'm thinking about the swag bag, and I, I hope the swag bag. When you got three crevices on the green, your course is trash. Welcome back, everyone, to Beltway Golfer Podcast. This is your host, Alex Dixon. This is episode 60. Hard to believe it, but 60 episodes of Beltway Golfer Podcast. Got a good one for you. Our guest today is Julie Elion, who has been called the Tour Pro's secret weapon. She is a mental coach. She works with... Um, all kinds of high-level athletes, professional athletes, college athletes, about what's going on between the ears. Uh, how can they sort out their mental game to p- reach their peak performance? Uh, met her earlier this year out at the uh, at the Wells Fargo Championship. Didn't know much about her, and she is she's you know you you do more research, you do some more googling, read some articles. And she has worked with some of some of the top folks, and certainly in the game of golf, because of what she does and kind of the the stigma around uh, mental coaching. Maybe even still, um, she's a little reticent to drop names, understandably. But even right on her bio, and if you Google her, uh, you can see some of the, the, the several major winners that there's been articles about that she's worked with. Phil Mickelson being the most famous one. Um, but in her bio, she talks about working with the 2008 Ryder Cup team, uh, the Washington Wizards, Washington Mystics, um, the Washington Redskins, obviously before they were the Commanders, the University of Maryland uh, men's basketball team. Uh, and right now she's working with the Howard University golf team, as well as taking a, I'm, I'm not sure the title, maybe mental coach in residence at Woodmont Country Club. She's right here based in Washington, D.C. So very excited to have Julie on and get the opportunity to talk to her. What else is going on? Last week, got the opportunity to attend the second annual Nationalist Trust Symposium on Municipal Golf. And I got to tell you, I had an absolute great time. Uh, it was three days, two days of panels and sessions talking about all sorts of different ways that municipal golf can can improve and expand. Um, the panelists that, that Nationalist Trust gets for this conference is unbelievably impressive from all walks of life in golf. Um, guest speakers, big names, interesting people. And it's, it's a fairly intimate environment. It's in a room that, you know, only fits 50 or so people. So you really get the opportunity to have a conversation with, with just about everyone. They also had a golf tournament, East Potomac, which was cool. If you've considered going to the symposium, but haven't, I certainly encourage you to do so in years to come. I'm sure it's going to expand and involve, um, you know, the, the one piece of feedback I've gotten as a sidebar is that it, it's expensive, which certainly is, certainly is. Um, you know, I, I actually suggested to a couple folks on the NLT staff that it would be really cool in years to come if there was at least, uh, you know, a session or one of the events at night or, you know, some portion of the symposium that was either at a price point that was much more conducive to a larger audience of the municipal golf world or local golf world to attend or even have, you know, one of the sessions free um, to really open it up to, to folks that could, that want to be involved because it's a really cool event. Uh, what Nationalist Trust is doing with this, I think, is, is uh, a brilliant concept. And, 
you know, the conversations that I know I had and, and the people I met were just, just amazing. So certainly encourage um, next year for the folks that uh, have considered it to, you know, give it another look. We, uh, Bellway Golfer team, myself and a couple others, we put together, uh, you know, kind of attempted to put together an event at Loudon Golf and Country Club a couple weeks back. Didn't, didn't turn out quite as well. I hope there was a couple, a couple missteps. We had kind of committed to Loudon Golf and Country Club, but weren't sure because of their restoration and winter renovation schedule, whether it was going to be 18 holes or 16 holes kind of to the last minute. So when it turned out to be only 16 holes or three weeks to go, you know, registration kind of hurt, but we still had a great time. Loudon Golf and Country Club is a, is a cool spot and we are going to try to get back out there in 2023 20, for an event. And we've got three other events already on the calendar coming in 2023. So stay tuned for that. I'm going to make an official announcement in the next month or so for a few cool events done the Beltway Golfer way in 2023. Let's get to the podcast. Here it is. Episode 60 with Julie Elion of Cape Center for Athletic Performance Enhancement. Enjoy. Well, let me let me let me do like a, a, a quasi intro. Thank you very much, okay. Julie, for, for for joining the podcast. It's it's an honor. We we've worked through some technical difficulties here to uh, to, yes. to make this work. So my, so let me. I'm gonna I'm gonna start off by telling folks how I met you, which was not that long. Okay. Ago. Uh, okay. I'm, That's we great. met we, we met at the Wells Fargo Championship at the driving range at the TPC Potomac at Avenel. Um, you were chatting with the director of uh, instruction at Congressional Country Club, John Scott Rattan, who's been on the show before, and he introduced us. And I kind of reached out to shake your hand, and so I was like, oh, I'm, "I'm not familiar." And John Scott gave me a look, almost like Alex, don't disrespect. Like her. where you been? Where you right. been? Well, well, and then he just he looked at me and said, "Googler." And yeah. I was like, "Oh." Aww. I, I, <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> So that was cool. Um, and that yeah. was a nice conversation. And that, so, so thank you very much. So that was, I don't know how many months ago that, that, that you're doing the podcast now. Very cool. Um, well, I do then, want you to know, I might've, I might've mentioned this. My nickname on tour is stealth. So it's not all your fault. I, I do that intentionally. So you, you might not have known me because I'm stealth. So let, let that's how you, I prefer it. Let me ask you a question about that because I'm, uh, you know, in, in 2022, when everything's about social media and brand building, um, I imagine in your world, um, working with some sensitivities around players and, and we're talking about mental coaching, um, you've got to be stealth, right? Well, you know, my co some of my colleagues do it very differently than I do, and I'm not making them wrong. I My training originally is in the psychology world. So I grew up and was trained. I grew up in the psychology world. I went for my uh, degrees in the psychology world and we're taught ethics and we don't, and there's HIPAA laws and I, I just don't talk about my clients. And I've been watching the golf channel and I'll be watching one of my colleagues literally speaking of one of my clients and they don't work with them but I do. And, you know, that's an interesting moment. Um, I just think it's, I, I just think it's important. It's part of the, 
the confidential safe place that my client and I uh, set up. And it works for me and it often works for them. So you're right. In the social media world, it's totally different. So I guess I'm old fashioned that way. Um, but it works, but it works. Sure. So a couple, couple of things, I always like to, uh, tell folks, especially when I've had a guest on that's been on some other podcasts and I use those podcasts to kind of research for this one, the, the, the two that I research here that you've been on, uh, Brian Levinson, uh, yep. his, his show, I wrote down his show cause I couldn't remember, uh, unlocking potential. He's, he's a local guy to DC, right? DC area. Local guy, great guy, smart, wise, thoughtful, intuitive. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing guy. He talks about in his show notes that that you are he he owes his career to you. He puts that in the show notes. Very sweet. He's in a similar field. He's in a similar field in the coaching space, if you will. I think it's a thing to kind of name your mentor, and I I think that's what he's doing there. It is what he's doing there, and I appreciate it. And uh, he was at, it was after graduate school. He was trying to figure out what his what he wanted to do with the rest of his life. And we literally sat there and he's such a sports fanatic and he loves helping people. And I just said, Brian, you know, do what I do. And he, he took it and he ran and he's running and he's built a beautiful empire of helping people and putting together thought leaders and coaches. And he's a, he, everyone should Google him really. He's got, a, so. he's got, let's know a couple of his episodes. Unlocking Potential is the name of his Yes. Podcast. So you said yes. it's important in the coaching space to name your mentor. Do you mean that's something that you coach your clients to do? Or you mean specifically like within the coaching industry? I think that's in the coaching industry. I don't necessarily have that because I'm not trained as a coach, but I, 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 the, the little I know about the coaching space, I think they try to, to, claim a mentor and uh, go with that. So I think that's where, I mean, Brian, I, I think he truly does credit me with getting him started. And I also think that's you claim your mentor. So, and thank them and tell your story. Brian tells his story when I think when he starts interviewing people on his podcast, he tells his story and that's why he gives me name. So, yeah. Um, the other podcast that I, that I listened to that you were on was a gentleman that I actually just met for the first time this week. He was in town for um, a symposium on municipal golf, Eric Anders Lang. Um, yes. And he's kind of, he's got a different style of how he's, how he did his podcast, but I enjoyed that one very, very much. Uh, got to learn a lot about you. It sounds like you got, you and him go, go back pretty far. One question about that. And, 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 and I'll edit this out if, if this is not kosher, but in that podcast you did with Eric, there was some chatter about you starting a podcast. That's right. Uh, he approached me. Maybe we do go way back. I, I, uh, I had started a meditation group on the PGA tour, which is really uh, amazing. If you will, that some of these players would sit down in a room with other players and meditate, but that's what we did. And Eric was working on a movie called be the ball about meditation and how it helps golf. And so we, I get, it had to be 20 years ago, something like that. And uh, Eric approached me, actually, he's had many, many episodes on his podcast about doing a podcast with his new business called Random Golf. And he's on to something. He's trying to 
I mean, you can use his words, but make golf accessible and fun to everybody. And he wanted me to start up a new kind of podcast and talk about what I do and my clients and what my secret weapon is. And yeah, we almost did it, but I put the, I had to put the pause on it for a little while. So we're going to do it. I like yeah. the concept, the, the kind of the car talk. Yes. Concept. Sound, sounded cool. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And he's, he's a funny guy and he's, he has his own style, but he has style. Eric has tremendous style. For so. sure. Um, yeah. No, I, I enjoyed it. I had a few conversations with him this week. I enjoyed it. Yeah, chat. good. Interesting guy. Good. Um, so let's, so I'm going to talk, I'll, I'm going to give kind of an overview probably in the, in the introduction to, to you. I'll, I'll probably read your bio from your, from your, from your website. Uh, okay. but so, so you are a mental coach specifically in the, the athletic space. Um, but focusing on golf, is that right? I mean, you've done, uh, you've, you've done a lot of other professional sports, but golf is your bread and butter, correct? Golf's my bread and butter. Uh, I know golf better than most sports. Uh, and it's what I love myself. I think breathe, live golf. And, and, you know, back in high school, I'd probably be the least likely to be in the golf space, but here I am. So, and yeah. At ballpark, you know, around what time did you, did you get into specifically coaching or, or doing mental coaching for golf? Like, are we talking 15, I think 20 I'm on my ago, twenty, or? my twenty third year. I one of my first clients won the PGA. I can say that, and within a year of us starting to work together. So, uh, and I think that was twenty three years ago, give or take a year. Um, yeah. When uh, have you always been DC? Uh, New York and then DC. I've been all over the place, but since this career path, I've been in DC. Why, why DC? DC husband got a great job offer. Got it. it was almost Philly. And now with this Philly sports teams, it would be nice to be in Philly, but, uh, we're here in DC. We raised two kids here. Love DC. Great golf DC. We have a great community here. So yeah, DC. So, you know, as we spoke about before, and I've heard you mention on a couple of other podcasts, you know, we're not, we're, we're not going to get into a lot of the different names. A lot of people can, can, yeah. can, can Google you and see, and see some names, golf digested, uh, of easily Googleable article about you working with Jimmy Walker right before the PGA championship, which was pretty cool. Yeah. And, and there's some names out there. There's some, most famously there's, if you, if you put your name in Google and click on images, it's you and Phil Mickelson and a lot of the images, yeah. so there's, there's some yeah, easy yeah. ones to find some, some pretty impressive names. Um, but I, you know, there's, 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 I was trying to figure out how to take this conversation before. And I, uh, you know, on the one hand, I was like, you know, should I just turn this into a, a, a mental session for myself or should I just, uh huh? Well, I'd be happy to Alex. <laughs> that, probably that, offline you know, though. I don't, I, I don't think we have it. enough time for that. So, um, no, maybe we probably but, don't. So. <laughs> but I do have a lot of questions. And, and, and so one sure. of the questions and we'll, we'll, we'll jump to what you're at right now. And I kind of have a question for it. And it's related to a stream of other questions. I saw an update not long ago that you are working in, in some capacity, at least part-time, but like officially with Wood, Woodmont Country Club in Rockville. Yes. Yes. Uh, that's new. Uh, basically Trillium and I have befriended each other and I don't know who came up with the idea first. Uh, for me, it was an incredible opportunity. One, just to work with Trillium. 
do to have a kind of a home game that's fun and interesting. And uh, also, truth be told, Columbia, where we belong, was closed for the summer. And this gave me an opportunity to have a home golf course to play. So Ah. all of that's true. And I'm their resident mental coach. And what that means is people reach out to me for hourly sessions and Trillium and I and David Dorn, they're great. And we're going to do some clinics coming up that I don't even know if non-Woodmont members can do it. I actually think not, but we're going to be doing some clinics, kind of merging uh, instruction styles with what I do in mental coaching and how people learn and ways that they hold themselves back and what brings out their best golf and all that. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, that's exciting. Uh, one of the reasons I found that interesting is, you know, in listing the other interviews you've done and reading about you, you know, it's, it, it seemed to me that you are essentially the mental coach to some really top tier athletes. And all the ones yeah, that yeah. were mentioned were like the, the, the creme de la creme. And so yeah, my, yeah. one of the questions I was wondering myself, I was like, well, I wonder, does, does she, does she do the same thing for mid to high handicappers, like the, to the layman, to the average golfer out there, to the hacker, to the junior, the junior golfer? And does it's all the gr- same it's stuff apply? It's just a great question. It's such a great question. And it, it, it reflects so much in me. So you're very in, intuitive. Um, what I love to do is help someone be their best self. And that can mean anybody. And I'm very curious. The mental coach part of me is very curious on how people hold themselves back, whether that be first tee jitters to tournament golf to uh, a Howard University golf team member, which I'm sure we'll talk about, to Bill Mickelson. You know, what, what, what does, what do people love and what holds them back? And, you know, what, what they want to do with themselves and how to be more intentional and getting what they want for themselves. So I just, it's human nature. I just, I just find it fascinating. So are the challenges, are the challenges that those different level of players more similar than we all think? Like, when, when Phil Mickelson or one of these other top tier uh, golfers or other athletes first come to you, that you know, those first couple meetings, yeah, like what on my list of questions is like, is are there problems or what they want to work on usually pretty similar or is it really run? The, or is it all kinds of stuff? Um. So, well, in our first uh, conversation, one of my questions will be do I have to get you going or do I have to calm you down? And if I, if they answer, and that can be anybody, if they answer, calm me down, I'm sorry. If they answer, get me going, it, our relationship usually doesn't work because somebody has to want to get better. And if they're coming to me, they want to get better. And so it, it, you know, even my daughter, oh my God, she, she kill me if she knew I was saying this, but <laughs> you might have to cut this out. But she basically <laughs> said like, how do you know, how do you know when your partner's the right partner? And I said to her, they're committed to their own growth. So, you know, 
I feel that with the top 10 in the world, and I feel that with a high handicapper at Woodmont. So they want to get better. Does that you, help? I mean, are there, sure, but I mean, are, yeah. are, there, are there many that don't? Like, have you come across some that, that, that it's the opposite? Sure. Well, I come across, I come across people who are kind of, you know, they want it, but they're, it's not a priority or they're, I have plenty of top 150 players on the tour that, you know, they love their red wine and they love their buddies (laughs) and they love, and it's just, it's just not a priority, but they want, you know, they want all the accolades and they want the the media attention, but they're just not putting the work in. So that happens all the time. So, and some people need help figuring out what they want. So I just had a, I won't, I won't mention a name, but a a new recent inquiry to my work uh, doesn't totally believe he can be number one, but everything's pointing that direction. But there's like something deep inside that he, he doesn't quite trust it. Although all the stats, all the numbers, all the professionals are saying he has everything he needs. So somebody might not trust what's in their toolbox. Now, like a high handicapper, they might not have a lot in their toolbox. I mean, I cannot help someone make a great chip shot, but I can, in the wake of a good lesson, help someone trust it, help someone believe in themselves, help someone put the right work in and the right amount of time of work in. So, yeah. That's it. <laughs> um, what a, uh, my, 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 my brain went a couple different ways there, but the, the, yeah, yeah. the latter one, because that's when I remember, I'm like, well, I, I would think, and maybe I'm wrong, because there's a lot of things, especially when you're talking about confidence, like, when you're, when you're talking about the, the top tier guy who doesn't believe he can be number in his heart of hearts or somewhere deep down, doesn't believe he can be number one. I kind of yeah. relate that to like the mid to high handicapper who's having the round of his life, his or her life. And, and on, and on hole 14 just melts down every time. Like they're having the yeah. great round because it's like, they don't, yeah. they don't, they don't believe they, they can go three shots lower than they've ever gone, even though they they're having that round. So, I don't remember who said it, but a self, wait, a non-examined life is not worth living. Something like that. I might've just butchered it. But so with that uh, example you just gave, my work is about somebody knowing themselves. So maybe they want to look at a leaderboard and that helps inspire them. Maybe looking at the leaderboard absolutely just starts to freak them out because they know where they stand. So I try to work with somebody and help them start with knowing themselves and then two to honor that and then three to work on that. And, you know, that's, that's, it's the quest to know thyself really. And so yeah. Do you do you come across the opposite? Like where 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 people you know you've got someone who's got uh, you know misguided confidence, too much confidence, overconfidence, and so, and it's like you got to reel it back in a little bit. It's so interesting because uh, yes, uh, I have I have somebody like that right now actually, 
Um, I, I don't know yet. I don't know how to answer that with this individual yet. I don't know if it's like a false bravado yet. We don't know each other that well, but there's something, there's something that's not, I, I don't know yet, but that does happen. And, you know, sometimes, you know, we all know like bullies on the playground and they have like a false bravado. And, but really it, the bully is the most insecure person on the playground. So it takes a while to figure that all out, peel that apart. But once again, even high handicappers in tournament golf or just out for a friendly round, what's truly making somebody nervous? What's truly keeping somebody from hitting a clean shot? Is it technical? Is it that their blood sugar is low? Is it that they don't like the person they're playing with? Is it that they've they forget and they need to really practice, 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 prepare, prepare, prepare. Some of it's just technical prep. So we, we just kind of peel that all apart. Is your work usually end up being about some kind of like larger or like holistic mental thing that they're working on that could improve all aspects of their game or their career? Or does sometimes... Uh, folks hire you like for their putting and just getting better, you know, getting better at, you know, focusing on the greens or working on pre-shot routines and that sort of thing. All of the above. Uh, putting, short game putting is to me the most sensitive to somebody not feeling confident. So uh, I do a lot with players on PGA Tour and the LPGA Tour on putting because putting is where our demons come out and it can be subtle, but it it's you. I, I had a, I had a client the other day, take their shoes off because I just wanted them to, I mean, this is going to sound wacko woo woo, but I want them to feel the ground. I wanted them to feel the earth holding them up. I wanted them to feel strong so that their putting, they could come from a place of confidence. And, you know, so this is where if they don't, if they're pulling every putt or they're, they don't excel through the ball, that's, I'm not helping them with that. It's a, it's an emotional, mental space we're in together. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm never, like, I, I've never, as I'm talking, as I'm talking, I'm like, I'm thinking about how somebody would be listening to what I just said. And <laughs> I know it can sound really out there, but I'll tell you, that's what we do together. <laughs> so. Yeah. But I mean, so, I, I, so I've never, I've, uh, uh, you know, I've never, I've never worked with a mental co uh, coach in, okay. in, in, in really any up capacity. Up until now. Up until now. Up until now. <laughs> but I do get, I do get the, the point of like, you know this, this, and this maybe this isn't the response you're looking for, but based on what you just said about taking your 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 shoes off and feeling the the, the earth holding you up, yeah. Um, and, and I also have to warn you, I'm like a total cynic. Not not okay. about not about mental Guess not about what? mental not about mental coaching, just about like everything. Guess what? <laughs> Me too. Okay. Me too. But, but so, I'll tell you, if if you're taking some supplement, I don't know if you're taking it, but all of a sudden your aches and pains go away. And it's not dangerous. What do we care? You know? And right, so if right. something really, it's like if something turns a light bulb on inside you, 
what do we care if it's not going to hurt anybody and hurt yourself? So, you know, sometimes my work is just trying to get into somebody's consciousness that's ready to hear it. Or maybe I'm totally off, but you, you know, anyway, but I get it. what I was, what, and part of what I was going to say, and I'm just curious, is is it sometimes just trying to find what might work for that person? And 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 the reason I bring this up, like when you were describing that, I was thinking about this. Uh, this was several months ago, maybe even a year ago. I'm down at the local Muni here in D.C. at East Potomac Park, and there's this guy I see there all the time, who's just like he just he's just putting, and he does he doesn't look like he's playing golf at all doesn't even really like he's practicing he always he's like he's he always seems to be there like almost like he's waiting for someone to come chat him up and so one day i did okay and he kind of gave me an impromptu putting lesson and what he what he told me to do was not far different than what you just said and it was this kind of thing he was like huh. i want you to like wiggle your toes and like like feel each joint all the way down from your hips down to your knees down to your feet and like kind of move them so you feel your feet and the ground and then oh that's it. ridiculous and and I and I and I and I am and this is why and I did it and like I hit three like thirty footers within you know twelve inches and I was like kind of looked at him I was like I don't know what that was but it worked. Well, it worked for you. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, you've worked so so one of the, so in your in your bio and I'm not sure if it was your bio because I was I was confused you know I read um, Brian Levinson's show notes a couple other places but okay. You've worked with a lot of teams as well, not just not yep. just individual players. Yeah. Um, and for for as as my my DC sports fan will come out, you've worked with a lot. Of, like it seems like you've worked with like every professional sports team around here. Yep. Yep. Have you have you? And, and so I have a couple different questions because I also yeah. saw in, in one of the articles that you did some work with maybe the 2008 Ryder Cup team. Is that right? Yep. Yep. How, well, I guess the most basic question is: is how does that dynamic change when you're working with 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 team sports versus individual? So, it starts with the individual work I do. Uh, I, it's a totally different dynamic. But I guess if I'm going to be in my wheelhouse, what I like to do is to start with the individual and and get. So if I start with the team. I meet with everybody individually first and then how to kind of blend and work together just like you would habitat in humanity, building a house from the ground up, like how to use someone's best quality and somebody who's, you know, comes out of the gate strong. Somebody who gets a, is a little slow at first. I'm thinking basketball, you know, uh, it, it, it's a, it's a blend and the, it starts with the coach. It starts with management. I mean, I'm talking about bigger sports teams, but a lot of the positivity and trust in the team really starts at the top. So some of my work is kind of looking at that to see if a team has the support they need. Uh, and I work with the management too. Uh, that one, one of my questions is who who's usually the person that brings you in? Is it is it the coach or does the because I I would almost think the coach might see some uh, I don't know if competitive nature with 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 you or like the because the coach is like well this she's kind of doing what I'm supposed to be doing yeah or is, so, does that not happen? You know I've learned a lot in all these years and let's just take a professional basketball team just for example. Um, 
sometimes what happens in that kind of situation is the player feels like what they're telling me will get back to management. So, so we, we, so that's different than if a coach brings me in and if it, if it really works well, the coach is trying to get me to support their vision. I can't really come in. I can disagree, but it doesn't really work if I'm not supporting the coach and the assistant coach's vision of what they're trying to accomplish. Uh, so then it comes back to the individual bringing out their best self in relation to what the coach is asking of them. But the team dynamic is really interesting and fascinating. And, you know, I guess I love to do that, but I have to pick my wheelhouse and the, the team. I mean, people just focus on teams and my some of my colleagues focus on teams. And it is really amazing and interesting work in the psychology field. But I guess uh, I still come back to so I, I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it does. I mean, but are you doing a little bit of both? Like when you're like when you're talking about even back to at Woodmont, where you're going to do like maybe some group clinics. Like when you're working yes. with teams, are you doing a mix of like uh, talking in front of the team as a group, um, or yes. more working with each player individually about what they do differently? Both and the both and the clinic at let's say a clinic at Woodmont. You know, let's say we have twenty people there. Uh, I would probably have them fill out something or answer some questions just so I can speed up getting to know them some. And then maybe we'll take three topics like first tea jitters or, uh, you know, getting tired halfway through or playing with a slow player or or playing with someone who's moving their ball and cheating a little bit. So, you know, all of that. So if a, if a, if when we have our first clinic at Woodmont, I think we'll be very specific to questions we're trying to get asked and how we can answer them in a two-hour format. So I, it will be less about the individual. But that's not a team either. So it's very, it's different. It's different. And uh, I'm doing some work with the Howard golf team. And I love it, love it, love it. But so far, it's just individual work. I'm trying to sit with yeah. each of the players and, and, feel that out and see, you know, where they're coming from and what support they have and what they need and make some connections that I have in the golf world to support them. And so that's so far just individual work. Interesting. But that uh, golf team is different than a basketball team, right? Different than a sure. football team, you know, so very different. Very, very I, different. I, I, I mean, really, golf, golf, you're out there kind of still, you know, it's a, you're playing as a team, but you're, it is individual. You're not passing right. the ball. You're not rebounding. That's right. That's right. And I, I actually spoke with a, a kicker on an NFL team last week. And that's that's an individual sport. They he doesn't feel part of the team, actually. He 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 uh him and the snapper hang out, but he has the vibe of the team, but he doesn't really feel part of the team. So it's a whole that's different too. So um but it, actual team dynamics is not something I do a lot of. And so you, you're, you're, so you're like, how did you, how did you learn on this? So you, so you said you, you, you went to school and studied kind of more traditional psychology. So I studied traditional psychology then, uh, I guess, uh, I don't even know how long, 20 years ago, maybe I went back to GW and, uh, worked on my doctorate 
and I did everything I could to study sports and sport dynamics and athletes and one brings out the best athlete. I wrote every paper I could was on that. And so I kind of created my own sports psychology uh, degree. But now there's sport sport, uh, psychology degrees all over the United States, all over the world. And it's so fascinating and wonderful to see uh, these programs popping up because I I just think I have the greatest job in the world, (laughs) really. I mean, I'm a sports fanatic and I love helping people reach their potential. So I found my niche. I, it's, I mean, it sounds like a pretty awesome job. And golf, professional yeah. golf is so interesting because unlike team sports, it's 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 so fascinating. Because when you look on TV, um, this is a general stereotype, but you, you, you know, it looks like a bunch of white dudes that are all dressed the same. But like when, yes. when you dig in a little further, there's every single one of their personalities is so different. They're they're such individuals, and it's like their own. They're all they're all going through their own experience, their own universe, their own stress, their own. Right. Line right. and fall in the rankings and so on and so forth that it's it's just um i find it all well i ju- i literally just played they'll love that i'm mentioning this i just played at the member guest in kiowa and not only was it so much fun for me but i couldn't help to think of my work and if i get a player or a client in one of the team events in golf it it's you care so much, not only about your own game, but about your teammates. You know, you just, you just want to make them happy. You just want to make, you want to be the best and contribute the most that you can. So it's a totally different dynamic. It's wonderful. And I learned so much and had a ball and we won our flight. So there you go. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Are there, let me ask you this. Are there some, there's, I'm in the middle. I have to admit, I don't know if you're watching this. Uh, I was never, I'm a, I am a big basketball guy on top of golf guy. That was kind of my first. Okay. Um, Okay. And I was never really a Laker fan. However, I've been, I don't know if you've been watching this, but I've been, I've been kind of obsessing over this Lakers documentary that the organization put out. That's like, it's on, I think it's on Hulu, but it's, it's really comprehensive and and just goes into all the kind of the team dynamics and they interview everybody. (laughs) Um, oh, I gotta watch it. It's really good. I highly, highly recommend it. I'm in the I'm in the okay. stage, and one of the reasons I was bringing it up because I'm in the stage of the Lakers dynasty, where you've got Kobe and Shaq and Phil Jackson, who's kind of like a a, a mental you know mental coach kind of, and it's just like all those dynamics, uh, and it's totally fascinating. Um, yeah, but well, I I've read Phil's book. We're I'm in line with a lot of what he's doing out there. And yeah, I bet you would find it fascinating because it, yeah, it's that, that's exactly the questions you're asking are exactly, exactly what's in the book. And I bet in this documentary, it's really the team dynamic is amazing. Do you use other athletes? Like I just, I wrote down again, I was like taking some notes, you know, prepping for this and and I'm, and I'm thinking of like, the most famous examples of athletes that that the average person would think are have are like mentally just really strong. I wrote down, you know, obviously in golf, Tiger Woods, is, you know, one of the okay. most mentally strong. I don't know if you uh, if you've worked with him, you, you don't have to mention it. But uh, uh, okay. Tom uh, Tom Brady, Tom, I'm not yep. a Tom Brady fan. I don't know how the the guy wins every every freaking year. He's he's okay. he's okay. mentally incredibly strong. And I wrote down Michael okay. Jordan and Kobe, all, all Kobe Bryant, all for four different reasons. But these are my question for you is, do you use other 
uh, famous athletes as kind of examples to your clients on and, 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 or, or maybe not just the athletes, but maybe things that others have done, um, or, or used to, to, to make them as great as they can be to help your own clients? Well, you know, I'm committed to learning myself and, you know, being my best self and, so I certainly feel like I know Tiger Woods' story more than I know Tom Brady's story. But what I, I find really fascinating is the ability to focus and what pulls people from focus and what confidence is and how that relates to focus. And all those people you mentioned, I can't imagine deep down inside, they, I mean, they don't, they must feel invincible. I think it's really interesting or invincible. What does that actually mean? But really, you know, we talk about standing on the ground without shoes connected to the earth, just this feeling of being tall and strong and that they have it more than others have it. So when they're competing, they truly believe they have it. Now I've been listening, watching a little bit about Tom Brady, and I saw something, you know, he might be struggling a little off uh, the field. So we're not invincible, right? He's got family, he's got relationships, he might have older parents. He, it, you know, it's a lot to juggle. And I see a lot of my clients who are kind of I'll actually be able to name if I have a stable of clients and someone's about to start a family or, and I see their lives getting more complicated, I can usually point to the ones that will be able to still ride the wave and compete at the highest level versus the ones that aren't. And there's, there's some healthy narcissism, I would say, like narcissism's word being thrown around a lot. Yet, I remember looking at a schedule of one of my top 10 players and his entire wall in his office at home was his schedule. And it would say, you know, 7 to 10 a.m. workout, 10 to 11, uh, have a green drink, uh, 12 to 1, have lunch with my wife. Uh, so you get the, get what I'm saying. It was 98% about him. And am, what am I hearing that, that there's a, a, a smidge of, of narcissism is, is required to be, uh, that, to be I, I think so. I help, help, I would call it healthy narcissism. I would call it, you know, uh, really being intentional about what makes a person great and giving them the, hitting it from all angles and giving them the most time to reach their goals and dreams. And it's really hard. I remember working with a LPGA player and I mean, this is goes back a long time. Now childcare is way better, but still she was going to win on a Sunday. And the policy for daycare was that if the child has a fever, that you have to pick the child up. Well, sure enough, her backup plan didn't work and she had to leave the course on the 16th hole and pick up her kid with the fever. <laughs> so I, that's a whole, that could be a whole nother discussion, but 
Right. It's hard to balance life and our dreams, but we got to go for our dreams, you know, mm-hmm. and you, you know, whatever that dream is, if that's to win the, the member member at Woodmont, or if that's to be on the Ryder Cup team or whatever our dream is, you know, we, I, I believe in being transparent with oneself and really taking the time to, to look at what you want for yourself and how am I going to get there? So. Do you think that that can translate to, you know, just the, 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 the average Joe? Um, yes. A in golf and in B in everything else. Yep. And whatever they're trying to be great in. Yep. Or successful. Yep. I think, I think that I, I think it's like know thyself and figure out where you need assistance. We can't do everything ourselves. If we can, if we can get help where we need it. And, uh, but it's being conscious, you know, so being conscious of what we want for ourselves. And that's different for all of us. So, I mean, you, Alex, you started this great podcast. This is what you, I mean, I don't even know you, right? But you're doing something really great. You must love it. And you made it happen for yourself. So what what was that? Like, what sparked you? And so I find that really fascinating. So. One of Here's a question for you, a, a personal question for me. I was, I was, I was well, that was another thing I was thinking up on the thing I was trying to think of as we were leading up to this conversation. Yeah. All right. I gotta have, I got, I gotta ask one or two questions about like something, you know, very, very me. You specific. do know how to find me. And it's like, <laughs> this is not it in 10 minutes, but okay. Uh, well, Mike, well, my question is, and it, what reminded me was I found my glasses, but I couldn't find my glasses. And like, you, I, we, this was going to start, it was like five minutes before we were starting. Okay. I could only find the glass, I could only find the glasses that I really. Like okay. they're kind of, they're kind of like where they're like, where's Waldo glass. Okay. And that's a, that's a small example, but it just happened to happen right before we started the podcast. Um, a better example. And, and what, what the question I'm getting at is like, kind of like adversity in the moment, or for me, this is what happens to me personally a lot, which is adversity right before it's go time. Okay. And I usually like flip out. Okay. <laughs> and here, and, and here's another example. Cause I have two buddies that are running. It's happening this weekend. This Sunday is the Marine Corps marathon. Yeah, I can't run anymore. But but in my twenties, I ran I ran a few marathons. I did the Marine Corps marathon, and one That's of the things cool. I remembered, and this this just stuck out, was I remember one time. So the Marine Corps marathon starts right here in Arlington, Virginia, and, and Roslyn, and you got There's like so many people do it. You got to park really far away. And one year, and this is just an example of what happens to me all the time. I'm gonna be, I'm letting you time to think. Yeah, yeah. But is like I I like I forgot like you had to park like an like a mile away and I forgot something in my car and I had to run all the way back or like I forgot the bib or I forgot my shoes or forgot and so like it's it's the advert like I run this happens to me all the time in part because I'm I'm probably more unorganized than most but like there's there's some I face some sort of and it can be it can be small it's usually not large it's some it's usually fairly small but adversity like right before it's go time and can total totally throw me off track. So you're right in my wheelhouse and I could take this and run. Right. So I'll try. Okay. But it could be, I'm just going to throw some things out there. I might be right. I might be wrong. Um, So if you were my client, I'd be looking at why do you sabotage yourself? Okay. Like, why do you do that? And how long have you been doing that? And where did that come from? 
that could have started at a really young age. But I would call what you're doing sabotaging yourself. Uh, I would have to like ask it like subconsciously, subconsciously. I'm sabotaging. That's right. I would have to ask the question. Uh, I mean, sometimes people do that, and actually, it makes them perform better. So, I mean, this is the holistic way of looking at what you're asking me. I would also be curious: Do you really believe that you're good at what you're doing? Because if you don't, then you really might sabotage yourself. I would also ask, uh, were there, what create, see, I, I'm going right for that. You're sabotaging it. And I would be curious when you've done that in the past and how that's worked out for you and, and ways that I would try to help you is I'd really try to help you own that you're want to make you, I want you to tee it up. I want you to tee yourself up for success. So what does that look like? So that's kind of what, what I was saying earlier. Know thyself. Like, know this is your pattern. Know you don't want it to be your pattern this time. What is, how can you tee yourself up for success and and have a foundation that brings out the best of Alex? And that's a complicated question. And I come from it holistically. But yes, a lot of this is unconscious. I once had a player, no names, but a coach told him in high school, I think it could have been junior high school. You have the most, now it was older. You have the most beautiful swing. You have all the support in the world. You, you are, you could, your dreams of being number one in the world, you are so capable but I don't know. I, I don't think you'll make it to number one, like because of this, this, and this. So maybe top 10 in the world, but you know, you do do this, this, and this that aren't so great. So I'm not really sure you're going to make it to number one. So this guy that buried didn't think about for a real long time as he was approaching number one in the world and all the things were coming into place. He all of a sudden remembered this coach saying that to him. You'll never be number one in the world. So where'd that thought process go? Like, where, where'd where that go? And I know that might sound like the wacko doodle, woo-woo, take your shoes off. But unconscious beliefs that we carry really, in my world, affect our performance. They just do. And, and so is the idea to, to, to kind of bring that out into light and, and just dive into that into the, right. why is that why you know why are you thinking that? that's right and does it i don't know i mean the problem the problem with what i do is we don't have stats <laughs> you know we don't have numbers and if it was immediate you know i wouldn't be working because i'd be on a island and wherever because i'd be a billionaire you know it's it but i love helping people kind of figure this out. And I love seeing somebody's light bulb go off inside them because they feel they're getting closer to who they're supposed to be. So it's good for everyone. It's not always easy. You know, I definitely, everybody in our, every career, we have our hiccups or, you know, things that aren't so great, but pretty much helping people live their dreams, whether it's, the member member or the Ryder Cup team is really cool to be a witness to that. 
Uh, well, that was a cool response. I, I, I was kind of, you know, I, I'm going to have to play it back a couple times. Okay. And, like, listen to it more intently because I know we've only got like four or five minutes left. So I was more, I was like half thinking about how to, how to wrap up and, and like my final question. Well, versus, I'm happy like, really... to do chapter two if you want. I'm happy to. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that was great. And, I'm, and okay. I, I am going to listen to that more intently and slow it down and pause it and think about it more. And okay. I'll let you know how that goes. Okay. Um, okay. We only got, we only, since we do only have a few minutes left. Yes. And I'll wrap it up. I, I do have two two separate questions going in a different direction. Um, one, um, I'm curious whether it's you or somebody else. It sounds like this field is getting more crowded and there's more mental coaches out there. It, ballpark, what percentage of PGA Tour players do you think have a mental coach? Uh, I'd say 20 years ago, 20%. Now, 80%. Yeah. Big jump. And that might be, and what's happening is in colleges, there, there are people on staff. It's way, it's more in the vernacular. It's uh, the education system. Mental health has become with, I mean, we could sit here and talk about people in the press that have mental health issues. People are coming forward. It's just, I love it. It's great for my business, right? Because it's just, uh, and that I still, and this you'll find this interesting, I still have clients that do not greet me when I'm out on tour. It's still undercover because it's somehow they, still, they don't want they don't want their peers to know they're working with you. Right. They don't want their peers to know, or somewhere inside they still see it as a weakness instead of uh, a tool. You know, something must be wrong with me. So that's, that's old that when I started this 20 years ago, I would say that was way more common. Like, is something wrong with me that I need somebody to help me? Now it's like, is, you know, it's like Tommy John surgery for baseball. It's like a, it's, it's a win-win, you know, it's, yeah. I use that. Where, you know. What you think it, it would get to a point where it's like, you know, you, it's like some of the players wear the top swing coaches, like a badge of honor. Like I'm working that's with this right. guy. That's right. And and you would think, you know, working with you. I mean, would, that's a whole nother thing. Like, uh, you know, people go to Butch Harmon, who's a dear, dear, dear friend of mine. And yes, he's an amazing teacher. But the minute you walk into Butch Harmon's little bay there, he makes you feel better about yourself. <laughs> so it's really back to the confidence, you know. So it's back La to feeling good about yourself. And I, I'm sorry to cut you off because I know yeah. I know that you got to go. Yeah. So this is my last question. I kind of want to get in, and and this was kind of more just for, you know, obviously you work with these top tier athletes. Bringing it back to the kind of the every every man and woman, you know, the mid to high handicapper uh -huh. uh, in golf, but also just uh -huh. kind of in 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 life. Should more people be working with mental coaches? Are there mental coaches out there that work with the average golfer? You know, I once heard a mentor of mine, my mentor, one of my mentors. Um, say the 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 reason somebody gets help or asks for help is because they're uncomfortable enough so if you're uncomfortable enough you're not having fun on the golf course in your life it's like you're just things it, it it's like a nagging kind of feeling like something's not right i should be doing better um if it moves into 
too uncomfortable, ask for help. And there's tons of help. It, it, there's help for, on the golf course, there's help with family issues. There's help with addiction issues. There, there's so much help. And it's, it's not a weakness. It's a strength to ask for help. And if your goal is to just have more fun on a weekend round and you realize you're too nervous or uh, ask for help. So, yeah. Uh, this has been great. We're, we're, we, we hit the time where I know you got to go. And okay. So, but this, is, this was fantastic. I, I really appreciate uh, we, you coming on the podcast. I appreciate you being so open and, and, and hitting me. I, we didn't do any prep. We, I didn't put any nope. questions beforehand. Nope. Uh, well, uh, John, John Scott, I think was our, uh, our, uh, medicine our man, liaison. you will. He, he yeah. connected us and I trust him and love him. He's one of the best teachers in the DC area and he adores you. He, he's texting me. He said, Alex is great. So when well, he said that, nice. I knew no, you were been, great. He's been awesome. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, we'll end it there. Thank you so okay. much, Julie. It's been okay. a pleasure to talk with you and have a great rest of your day. Thank Thanks, you so Alex. I don't have a good golf game, but I don't really care. I'm a, I'm a regular dude living in D.C., and I want to know about D.C.-centric golf stuff. If you can tell me something that I don't already know, then that is great for me. I don't want the, the regular stuff. I want exciting stuff. I want different stuff. I want stuff I can't hear elsewhere. But I want it to be about these two golfs.